Because if God is for you, uh, then who can be uh, against you? Hey! I feel like telling somebody tonight, uh, it doesn't matter what it looks like. Uh, God is fighting behind the scenes. Uh, God is fighting in places uh, you can't even see him fighting. Uh, God is working for you uh, in ways you can't even measure, uh, in ways you don't even understand. Uh, all God needs you to do uh, is give him the praise. Bible records one battle in which they came to God and prayed and said, Lord, it seems like we're outnumbered. It seems like we don't have what we need. And God looked at him and said, do not fear. Be not afraid for the battle is not yours, but the battle belongs to God. right after he gives them that word he then gives them coordinates and said I want you to go to this place at this time and you're going to come face to face with the enemy now that can be confusing because God uh, I thought you just told me uh, that the battle was yours uh, and that the battle wasn't mine and if the battle is yours, then why do I got to show up? God said, because the last thing that I want them to see when I take them down is your face. The last thing I want them to, I wish I had a witness in the building. God said, get a temporal, get the minstrel. All I need you to do and why I wish somebody in the building uh, would understand uh, the only reason uh, God has you at the table, uh, the only reason uh, that God has you where you're at. Uh, he said, I want you to show up to the battle uh, so you can get a front row seat uh, to my power uh, and my glory. Uh, somebody give him a praise. afraid to walk in the room and sit at the table because my Bible says thou preparest a table in the presence of my enemy God will set up a table and he'll feed you and he'll sustain you and he'll bring all your haters to watch while he blesses you while he gives you favor somebody ought to shout God is fighting for us somebody that believes it tonight he's pushing back the darkness he's working on your behalf all your responsibility is is to give him the glory you ought to take 60 seconds uh, and go ahead and praise him. 
him like you're on the other side. Praise him. Yes. that's on the way because of the fight. <laughs> I know it's cliche, but I wish you'd turn and tell your neighbor, neighbor, tell them neighbor. Tell them the bigger they are, the harder they fall. The bigger the battle, the greater the victory. The bigger the battle, the more the miracle's going to be. If you believe it, shout one more time. Woo! 
anybody feel victorious in this house tonight? My, 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 my. Somebody said, man, you look beat up. You look like you've been through it. You need to tell them you ought to see the other guy. Come on, somebody. You got to get that kind of You ought to see the other. You think I look rough? You ought to see the enemy tonight. I took a few on the chin, but you ought to see the other one tonight. Woo. You can't have a victory without a fight. You can't have a testimony without a test. Come on, somebody. You can't have a crown without a battle. You can't have a resurrection without a crucifixion. Are you ready tonight? Hallelujah. Remain standing tonight as you make your way to your seat. Just remain standing. We're going to hasten to the word of the Lord in this house. I want to say what a privilege it is, again, to have all of our guests that are here. We have a handful of guests here on Tuesday night before Christmas. Rock Church, would you help me one more time make some crazy noise? Come on, we can do better than that. Help me make some noise one more time for our guests. We are so excited to have you in the house of the Lord tonight. Pray that you feel the strength of the power of God that is in this place. How many of you were blessed by what the Lord did in this house on Sunday? I'm telling you, if you were not here, you absolutely need to make sure that you uh, go online and, and, and let the Lord plug you into what God did here on Sunday. Amen. God brought an incredible word Sunday morning. Uh, through the ministry of Brother David Stewart in this place. Reckless abandon. When the Holy Ghost finished, these altars were flooded with many, many, many people uh, receiving their breakthrough in this house. And uh, then on Sunday night, Brother Judah Williams preached, When God Stands Still. Amen. And when he finished such a deep move of God in this place, we never dismissed the service. We just let the Holy Ghost take over. And, and uh, what an incredible weekend. What an amazing week that we have in front of us. Amen. Continuing to remember to pray for all of the families that, that, are, that are traveling and uh, back and forth during this season that God's hand would be upon them. And uh, we trust that God would keep them safe during this time. And uh, I'm excited about what God's going to do in this place tonight. Amen. Amen. We're going to be here Sunday morning for one service on Christmas Eve. It is going to be absolutely amazing. Amen. Bring your whole family with you. Grab your aunt, your uncle, your cousin. Tell them, listen, I need you to come with me on Sunday morning. Amen. Tell them you're trying, tell, tell them you're trying to get extra points to make it to heaven and you need their help. <laughs> Some of y'all don't even want to say amen. You know you need some extra points. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm just kidding, kind of. <laughs> amen. But let's, let's fill the house. I believe God will do something special in this place. And uh, tonight, I, I am excited to bring to this desk one of my daughters in the gospel tonight. We are so grateful for the ministry of Sister Tabitha Moore. That sounds good to say that, since the Tabitha Moore. And uh, this is a, a powerful woman of God with an incredible 
testimony and powerful mantle of anointing uh, that is on her life. And God has been using her in uh, just so many incredible ways. And uh, she is more than she used to be. She's more of a preacher now than she was before. <laughs> Come on, some of y'all need to laugh a little bit tonight. Amen. And uh, I want her to come tonight. How many of you are excited about God's Word tonight? Come on. How many of you came with expectation in your spirit, said, God, I need you to speak to me. I need you to talk to me. Are you ready to receive the Word of the Lord tonight? Would you put your hands together one more time and give God a great big praise as Sister Tabitha Moore comes to deliver the Word to us tonight? Praise the Lord, everybody. Ain't God good. His mercy endures forever, amen. His truth to all generations, amen. There's nothing like Jesus. There's no one like Jesus. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Things may change, weather may change, the climate may change, but the word of God stands forever, amen. So what we do for Christ shall last. Everything else will cease. Heaven and earth will pass away. But God's word will remain forever. Amen. Are you excited to be praising Jesus Christ, the one and only true living God, standing on his promises and believing in his word. Amen. I'm excited tonight. Um, you may be seated. First, I want to say, God, I love you. And I thank you. Thank you for your long suffering. Thank you for your tender mercies. God, I pray that I don't disappoint you. Use me for your glory. I want to say thank you to my leaders, Bishop and First Lady. Their ministry and their leadership. Man, the words fail me. It is outstanding. <clears throat> It stands out from mediocrity, mediocrity. It stands out from average. It stands out from anything that any false doctrine world could present to be what a Christian should be. It is challenging. It is rewarding. It pushes us further than we ever imagined. It is all God, it is oneness, it is holiness, it is Jesus Christ, and it is amazing, amen? Are you excited to be under the greatest leadership on the planet? Amen. And then I wanna say, I love you to my husband. <laughs> um, God really blessed me with Brother Moore. <laughs> um, there is not every day that a man of God will take on a woman and her children, a family that is not his. It's not every day that a man will want to step up and fill those shoes. And I give honor to you, husband, for taking on that role. I love you to all of my children and my grandbaby Daniel and my precious daughter in love. And I love you, saints of God of the Most High. 
God has put a word in my heart that has been turning over in my spirit like the cow chewing the cud, bringing it up, taking it down, digesting it, bringing it up, taking it down. And it's been hanging out with me for longer than I can remember this part of the year. And I really felt that God wanted me to preach this tonight. I'm gonna do my very best to give it to you how he's given it to me. Amen. Are you ready to take this journey with me tonight? I wonder if you could do me a favor as you stand to your feet. We understand that God does not dwell in time, that time dwells in him. And we are in this place at this specific time. But any time that we step into the house of God, it becomes timeless. We step into eternity. So will you forget about your clocks tonight and work tomorrow or what waits you when you get home? And will you just step into eternity? I'm praying that God would take us beyond the veil tonight. Why don't you reach over to your neighbor where it's appropriate and just shake them so they can shake, shake, shake off the sleepiness and the tiredness and the carnality tonight. We are before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and He has a word for every one of us in this house tonight, including myself. And I don't want it to be said that God was in this place and I didn't know it, or I was too tired or in my carnality to respond and reach out to where He is, amen? I feel the Holy Ghost. I'm gonna do my best, but I pray that you allow the Lord to speak to you in Jesus' name. I'll be coming to you from two passages of scripture, one found in Isaiah chapter 58, verse 12, the other in Nehemiah chapter four, verses seven through eight. If you have it, say amen. If you don't, say hold up. That's Isaiah 58 and 12, Nehemiah four, seven through eight. Anybody in this place love God? Anybody in love with God, in love with truth? Do we understand our purpose here in this last lap of this last hour of this last run? The Bible says the race is not given to the swift nor the battle to the strong, but he that endureth to the end. Is there any endurance in here tonight? Have you fought some battles in 2023? Have you overcome, oh, have you fought battles in 2023? Raise your hand if you fought some tremendous battles in 2023. All right, I'm coming for you tonight. <laughs> All right, Nehemiah 58, 12. I'm sorry, Isaiah 58 and 12. And they that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places. Thou shalt raise up the foundations of many generations. And thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach. Somebody say that. And thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach. The restorer of paths to dwell in. 
Nehemiah 4, 7, and 8. But it came to pass that when Sanballat and Tobiah and the Arabians and the Ammonites and the Ashadites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were made up and that the breaches began to be stopped, then they were very wroth and conspired all of them together to come against, to fight against Jerusalem and to hinder it. My assignment tonight, if I could put it in a title, is the repairs of the breaches. Repairs of the breaches. Why don't you lift your hands right where you stand? God, I pray that you will break up the fallow ground of our hearts this evening. God, that we will connect to your plan and your purpose and your will for us individually and collectively. God, that you would take charge of the atmosphere in this place and that you would reveal unto us your secrets, your majesty in this place. God, that you would take us beyond the veil, beyond the shallowness. God, into the deep, into the great waters, oh God. God, that we will put aside every distraction and everything, Lord God, that will present opposition. God, from your spirit flowing freely in this house. God, that you would move like you've never moved before. God, that you would speak through these lips of clay. And we ask this in Jesus' name. And let the church say amen. Amen, amen, amen. You may be seated. Repairs of the breach. I have been immensely immersed in the book of Nehemiah. It jumped out to me one evening while I was reading. And God began to get a hold of me and he began to speak to me, to the secret places of my heart. And what God had for me in the hour was needed. And I felt the Lord compel me to give it to this great people tonight. The book of Nehemiah, as we all know, speaks of Nehemiah's passion and compassion for the people of God, for his people who were carried out into captivity by way of disobedience and idolatry and worship of idolatry. A people of God who loved God and eschewed evil who walked upright and holy before him at one point. But as they continued to walk and God continued to bless, somehow they became laxed. Somehow they became disconnected and disassociated with the move of God and the love of God and an understanding of their covenant relationship with God. And we can see that happening today in the world. We can see how Christianity has not only become watered down, but perverted. We can see gender and transgender and gender confusion making their way, barging themselves into what's supposed to be sacred and holy and set apart to assert their will and their agenda in the house of God. But we are apostolic first. We are a Jesus name people. And we have a due diligence to protect the salvation. I don't want to get ahead of myself here. 
but it's our responsibility to protect and hold sacred this truth and this doctrine that God has given us. Amen? So Nehemiah hears one day of the condition of his people. Now, if you were to rewind to this time last year, December 31st, 2022, Bishop unveiled the prophetic words over TRC. He pronounced this year as the year of blessings. He declared, and I quote, I didn't come tonight with a sermon for you, but I came as a prophet tonight to declare the word of the Lord over this house, to pronounce God's blessing over your life in this place. He then read Deuteronomy 28 and 1. And Bishop told us that if we would commit ourselves to the ways of the Lord, God would elevate us. It is undoubtedly evident that the blessings of God have manifested all over TRC. And to name a few, just a small few, raises and promotions on jobs, business growth and business startups, new marriages, couples becoming parents for the first time. Some have purchased homes. God has healed sickness. Marriages have been restored. God has restored peace in our homes. He's made a way when there seemed to be no way. He's opened tremendous doors of opportunity when all we could see was impossibility. God has and continues to pour out blessing in this place. I'm personally grateful that God will see fit to bless me with an incredibly intelligent, anointed, and remarkably handsome husband. He's a hard worker and a wonderful cook. My family is truly blessed to have him as the head of our home. But let me tell you, as if you don't already know, I'm sure, that where there is tremendous blessing, there is great responsibility that comes with it. I said where there is tremendous blessing, there is great responsibility that comes with it. See, the devil would like to mock God in every way and distort our thinking when it comes to the blessing. We have to understand that there is good and bad with the blessing. But if we focus on the bad, we can miss out on the blessings of God. I thank God for the year of blessings. We are responsible for the successful stewardship of the blessing. God gave me my husband and established him as the head of the family. It is my responsibility and commitment as his wife to fulfill my calling as his helpmeet. And it may not be easy sometimes, and I may have to get on my knees and pray and ask God to help me, but the blessing sure outweighs what is difficult and hard. At the end of the day, it's worth it because my service is unto God, and this relationship pours out on this. Thank you, Jesus, for the blessing. Is anybody excited for the blessing? Yes, the blessing comes with challenges. Yes, there should be disappointments. But God gave us the blessing for our inheritance. The book of Nehemiah opens in about 445 B.C. under the rule of King Artaxerxes in the month of this either December or November. 
Nehemiah's in Shushan, where the winter palace of the Persian king was located. Nehemiah learned that the walls of Jerusalem were broken down and the gates were burned. The people were scattered in great affliction. These were God's people who once were established people, a blessed and highly favored people, a people from a lineage of anointed leaders like King David and Solomon and Moses and Joshua, mighty men of valor who slayed giants and defeated great armies, the same people who when their king Josiah died, they went back to their old ways, worshiping idols, disobeying God to the point where God allowed King Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon to carry them off into captivity where they would live in exile for 70 years. Nehemiah begins to fast and he begins to pray and he weeps over Jerusalem and the people who were once a great nation. Nehemiah says, God, let your ear now be attentive and your eyes open that you may hear the prayer of your servant. Nehemiah confesses the sins of the children of Israel. He says, we have sinned against thee. Both I and my father's house have sinned. And I thought this was amazing because he didn't stand outside of it. You have to understand that he was a king's bearer. That is a really high office and a really high position to be in next to the king. I'm sure he didn't have to worry about where he was going to sleep or what he was going to eat. I'm sure that he was blessed beyond measure, but he wasn't satisfied when he heard the condition of his people and the condition of his city that lay in ruins. I'm telling you, the blessing wasn't for us to consume for ourselves and be disconnected from the will of God. The blessing is so that we can stand in places of authority and power and dominion and go in and reach the lost and bring them out of a devil's hell. A repair of the breaches. Nehemiah remembered God's covenant that was established with Moses. Are you with me? God told Moses, but if ye return unto me and keep my commandments and do them, though there were of you who were cast unto the uttermost parts of heaven, yet will I gather thee from thence, and I will bring them unto the place that I have chosen there to set my name. So he goes into the king, and his countenance is down, and he's full of sorrow. And that is like, you really don't want to go before the king looking sad in that time. It, it could cost you your life. I know to that it seemed absurd because, you know, we're, we become a nation that's driven on emotion and, and we just let it all out. But when you go before the king, you were not to be sad. You were there to serve him. It wasn't about you. So the king notices Nehemiah's down countenance and he says, what's going on, Nehemiah? I know you're not sick. What's, what's wrong? What's the matter? And Nehemiah explains to him and pours his heart out, my my homeland, Jerusalem, it lays waste and desolate. The gates have been burned down and my people are scattered. And I want to go back and I want to start fortifying the city and rebuilding the city walls. And you know what? The king gave him his blessing. The king told him, yes, you can go. And not only that, I'm going to give you letters that will allow you and grant you access as you travel throughout other regions. And then I'm going to give you provision. I'm going to give you provision to go ahead and rebuild the wasteland. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbors and say repairs of the breach.
He didn't even get far until he encountered opposition. He encountered opposition. With the blessing, there is opposition. <laughs> great opposition. With the open door, there are great devils, great adversaries. If we think we can sit back and just enjoy the blessing and kick up our feet, we're deceived. We have to fight for this. We have to lay hold of this. We have to proclaim this because I'm not speaking to you directly, but I'm speaking to every devil in hell, every devil in this region. We will fight for the blessing. Take your hands off the blessing. The blessing doesn't belong to you. It belongs to God. He was met by a man named Sanballat, the Horonite, and Tobiah, not Tobias, Tobiah, the servant and the Ammonite. And they heard of this. They heard of the man of God who was grieved for the lives of the lost souls, his people, and the Jerusalem, his place. And they got upset because he wanted to go and to restore the people of God in God's kingdom. It's more than just building the walls. It's taking territory. It's more than just going to a place and digging trenches and letting waters flow. It's establishing the name of God right back where it needs to be. They worshiped idolatry. They got mixed up in the world. But God said, if you turn back to me, if you put away idolatry, if you put away sin, I will gather you back together and establish you as my people with my name. That's a blessing. We sit in the house of God and we don't deserve it. We don't deserve a second chance, a third chance, and a fourth chance. But you're gathered here tonight in Jesus' name. And he's given us another chance. He's given us another opportunity. He's given us another moment to connect and get into the flow of the Holy Ghost. These men were wroth and grieved exceedingly that this man came to seek the welfare of the children of Israel. But it didn't stop Nehemiah. He stole away in the night to inspect the walls of Jerusalem to find out that what he told, what he was told was true. And then when Sam Ballot and Tobiah, 219, first it starts out, this amazes me, it starts out with Sam Ballot and Tobiah. And then you travel down to verse 19, then it's Sam Ballot, Tobiah, Jeshim, the Arabian. As we progress down this story, the adversary begins to add one more, and one more, and one more. And I don't wanna get ahead of myself, but before you know it, the people of Israel are surrounded. They're surrounded on every part. That shocked me, not really. But I look back over 2023 and the challenges that I've faced, and some still facing, and it seems like the enemy just kept adding more on and more on, and more on. You know, Daniel speaks about the, the Satan. He, his objective is to wear out the saints of the Most High. And you know, when he wears us out, it causes us to back up. It causes us to compromise on our standards. It causes us to put this life, this life, this very temporary life, at the forefront where he needs to be. 
I just want to know if there's some apostolic. You're looking at me like you know what I'm talking about. But I need you to get with me tonight. We have to protect the Rock Church. We have to build up the walls of the Rock Church. We can't let idolatry, fornication, this transgender bunch, we can't let all this stuff come and infiltrate these walls. We are the repairs of the breach. What exactly is a breach? It's a gap in a wall, barrier or defense, especially made, one made by an attacking army. To make a gap in, to break, break through the wall, barrier or defense. You may be seated. I wanna talk to you tonight about something that's very personal, but I feel the Lord wanted me to say this, and so I'm just gonna obey, is that okay? Breaches happen to everybody on this earth. And it manifests in many different ways and forms. As a young child, I had trouble with my identity. I didn't have my biological father in my life. I had an abusive stepfather and a mother. My, my mom was only 16 when she had me and I'm the second child. She was very young. She had no idea what she was doing but I love her and I thank God that she did not get rid of me, that she did weather the storm. Thank God for my mama. And there's one particular area of my life that I wanna talk about that was breached. And ladies, I want you to pay super attention to me tonight. Men, don't check out, okay? <laughs> so, in my culture, culture is shared experiences between two or more people. That's the definition of culture. The shared experiences in my family, in my culture, that were handed down was the hair. Now, if you understand the texture of my hair type, it is very, very coily. And it has been, I was born in 1980. And so the culture of the world would tell me that my natural hair is ugly and that I am not accepted by society. And that to be accepted by society, I need to make it straight. If I want the job, if I want the boyfriend, <laughs> if I want the popularity, then I need to change my hair. So this is a culture that I was born into. So from a very young girl, my mother would put extensions in my hair. And then she would determine that my hair is done and I am proper to present myself to society. Well, over time, as we know it, the world will continue to spiral out of control. So it went from little additions to extend my ponytails to 26 inch weave down my back. And this was what I thought was attached to my identity. I thought that I needed it to look pretty, that I needed it to feel as if I am well kept or that I am desired or liked. But this wasn't just with the hair because when distortion of thinking and understanding happens in one place, it filtrates to every facet of your life. And before you know it, I had strongholds around me because that's what it is. It's a strong 
hold that kept me bound from being the wonderful woman of God that he created me to be. I was looking to be accepted by another person who breathes air out of their nostrils like I do. I was looking for acceptance in the world, not understanding that I was perfect the way that I am. So years and years and years pass and I am destroying my glory that God has given me. Now, God has set a standard in the Rock Church. And I say God, First Lady, I hope I'm not out of order. But God wants us to put away the plastic and the fake and the Botox and the extensions. It's God. It's God, and I thank God for leaders who are not afraid to stand up and say, hey, we gotta get rid of that. If you're gonna cross this desk, if you're gonna preach the word of God, I need you to take away everything that identifies you with the world. I wrestled with it. I wrestled with it because it was culture, and it was so, I was so bound by it and the thoughts that entered my mind were not of God, but they were thoughts from doctrines of devils and seducing spirits and the spirits of this age that will come and say, what's the big deal? And why do you have to do that? And God can still use you. And they don't understand, but it's not for them to understand. What God says is truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. There should be nothing in our lives. There should be nothing inside of us that we're not willing to lay down for the greater cause and for the kingdom. I'm talking about opposition tonight. Opposition that comes while we're on this road, while we're on this road of rebuilding walls and holding sacred this truth. Opposition that will come to challenge us in our lives. And it's up to us to say yes or no. I've seen people in the church who would say no and who would wrestle. And before you know it, it's a slow progression from the front to the middle of the pew, to the back of the pew and out the back door. I'm not here to throw stones at anyone because that devil was fighting me too. But I'm here to say that the Holy Ghost in you is greater than he that's in the world. And if you want to be an overcomer and victorious, all you got to do is carry that flesh to the... Carry that flesh to the altar and says, I will do what God has asked me to do. I will be who God has called me to be. It was hard, but it was worth it. These strongholds that we fight, the Sanballat, the Tobiah, the Ammonite, and let me say this, Sanballat, the name, means enemy in secret. <laughs> he, was Samar he was a Sumerian governor. Tobiah was the governor of Ammon, an Ammonite. The Ammonites and the Moabites, weren't they hired by Balaam to curse Israel <laughs> as, as they journeyed into the promised land? The Ammonites, the incestuous ancestors of Lot and his daughters guided by greed and jealousy. The Arabians, descendants of Ishmael and an ally to Sanballat. And the Ashdodites, Philistines, 
west of Jerusalem. Israel, by Nehemiah, the man of God, with the passion and the people and for the souls of the lost people that God wants to gather to his kingdom. He sets out on a mission to rebuild the walls, to fortify the city, to reestablish covenant with God's people. And he's met on the north, the east, the south, and the west by opposition. I'm talking about the blessings tonight. I'm talking about repairs of the breach. Can you lift your hands with me tonight? Oh God, in your name, Jesus. Breaches happen in our lives. Sometimes it's not about hair. It's just violation of who we are and what we know. Our innocence can be taken bad marriages, abusive relationships. Outside of those walls are people who are living without the Holy Ghost and without God who have been severely breached. Let me tell you about the first breach that happened in Genesis where the man and the woman that God created decided to disobey and do what God had told them and commanded them not to do. That's how we got to where we are today in a sinful world like it is. That's where it started. But God went to Calvary. The Bible says he was the lamb slain from the foundation of the earth. He had a plan to he had a plan to repair the breach of sin when we died on Calvary. And this is something that we should never take lightly because without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. There's no way that I would have overcome the trial and the test that was inputted in me from generations ago without the blood of Jesus covering me, anointing me, shielding me, and carrying me through through. Somebody say it's the blood. It's the blood of Jesus. Woo. Hallelujah. Why don't you stand to your feet tonight? Media, can you get for me Nehemiah 6 and 11? Nehemiah 6 and 11. I had a whole lot more here, but I just feel a release right here. I'm sorry, 16. Six and 16, I'm sorry. And it came to pass when all of our enemies heard thereof and all the heathen that were about us saw the things, they were much cast down in their own eyes for they perceived that this work was wrought of our God. Jesus. Bishop, I just wanna say thank you for being the watchman on the wall. First Lady, thank you for being a tremendous help meet and support to the watchmen on the wall.
My heart is grieved tonight because I know that in all of my trials and tests, I'm just gonna be transparent. I got down from the wall. to come to church and put on a dress, shout, preach the preacher, and still wrestle with what's inside of us. But I told the devil, I said, I come too far to turn around. I know God is reaching for someone tonight. kingdom of heaven suffereth violence and the violent take it by force we're going to be fighting to the day that Jesus comes don't get caught up in the blessing don't kick your feet up yet don't come down from the wall it's not about us and that's what God had to show me your identity is in me it's in me. It's not in what people say or how they perceive you. It's not in what people think of you. Your identity is in me. And I have called and commissioned you for my purpose. And it's not about how well you can preach or how high you can shout. It's about your love for lost souls and holding sacred this truth that God has given to us. Repairs of the breach, that's who we are. First Lady, that's who you are. Told me to get rid of it. <laughs> I'm a new woman because of that, First Lady. You're a repairer of the breach. What was breached inside of me as a young child, you helped to repair that. We have a due diligence to one another in this house and to the people that are outside of those doors. God has given us the Holy Ghost. He says, when the Holy Ghost shall come upon you, you shall have power and do from on high. This Holy Ghost inside of us, God has commissioned us to be repairers of the breach. My family is in a state of breachness. I pray for my family continually. They don't have the opportunity being all the way in California to come inside of the Rock Church and feel the overwhelming presence of God and begin to step into a place where change, where their mind begins to change and their heart begins to change as they begin to put off the sins of this world and put on Christ and the beauty of holiness. They don't have that opportunity yet, but we do. We are repairs of the breach. That's why he said, go ye there forth. He didn't say, go ye there forth and see how much you can accumulate in this life. And that be the mark of success. We're, go we're to go and repair those that have been breached by the sin of this world and of this life. 
I can't say it enough. It's, I can't preach it off of me. I need somebody to pray right now because what we have, we're st- this is our last lap around before God calls us home. And I have a family out there that if God doesn't get a hold of them, they're going to go to hell. You that are holding truth, holding true to this doctrine, you that are not that are standing flat-footed and not compromising in your life. You're a repair of the breach. I need you. We need you. We need you to hold down the fort. We need you to keep pulling us and pushing us into where God has called us to be. We talked about filling the balcony, but including myself, how much effort have we put into that? There's no reason why we shouldn't be overflowing in this house. I pray that God gives us a passion and a burden and an understanding that we are repairs of the breach. We're standing here today because somebody prayed for us and somebody said, I'm going to go to Fort Myers and I'm going to build up the walls and I'm going to bring a people back into a place where they were once exiled. And we're gonna raise up a people that are mighty and strong in God. You know, Nehemiah, he started to commission the men. It says the son of this person and the son of that person begin to build this gate and that gate. And it takes a body of Christ to get together and said, you know what, Bishop? I'm gonna build the cities around Fort Myers. I'm gonna build the walls of sanctity, the walls of one Godness, the walls of salvation, the walls of holiness. I'm gonna teach my children. I'm gonna preach it to my coworkers. I'm gonna preach it in the aisle at Walmart. I'm gonna make it my personal responsibility to bring people into these. Can you lift your hands with me, please? The enemy surrounded them on every side, but God wrought the victory. Nehemiah said, we're going to have our sword in one hand, and we're going to build in the other hand. Do you have your swords with you tonight? Come on, let's gather down this altar together. woman of God. It's strongholds that will cause you to kick against the prick. 
it's strongholds who are fighting for your soul. But the one, the ultimate repairer is in this house tonight and he's ready to do it in your life. Why don't you make your way to this altar?
there are some people under the sound of my voice that you have looked around at ruins of walls that have been there for years. How many of you understand the enemy hates walls? Because walls are there to protect you. Walls also establish dominion in your life and territory that belongs to you. And the enemy doesn't like walls because walls keep him out of your life. There are catastrophic events that take place and attacks of the enemy that can lead to situations like the woman of God preached tonight where those walls have breaches and breaks and places where it seems like over and over again the enemy comes in through those broken places. Does anybody else know what I'm talking about tonight? Come on, they, they, they usually turn into cyclic uh, cyclic events that happen and every so many months or years or sometimes weeks it happens and the devil wants you to look out the front door of your life at those broken places and convince you that you can never be whole and convince you that you're going to struggle with that broken thing the rest of your life because the moment you believe that it's possible for the wall to be reestablished. The moment you know from God that the wall can be reestablished, the enemy understands that his days are numbered in your life. Who am I talking to in the building tonight? And when you get a word from God like Nehemiah, not only can the wall be repaired, but they built it in almost inhuman, capable time. I feel like telling somebody, it doesn't take God as long to get you out of that trouble as it took you to get into it. I just need five witnesses in the building. It doesn't take God as long to repair the breach as it's been laying there in ruins in your life. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's affected your marriage, your children, whatever it is. I feel the repairer of the breach in the building tonight. And you've got to do what this woman of God said. You, you, you've got to recognize the voices of Samballot and Tobias. When they came, you know what Nehemiah said? He said, I refuse to get distracted from what God is doing in my life to come and fight with you. God told me he was repairing the breach and bless God, I'm not going to let anything cause me to get off. I'm preaching to somebody in the building. If God's given you a word of restoration, don't you get entangled with all of the distractions. They are designed to slow you down and distract you from the process of God's restoration in your life. Sister Moore mentioned it tonight, but I want to bring it back in front of you right now. They had some wisdom, Brother Leal. They got up on that wall, and the Bible said every single one of them had a tool in one hand and a sword in the other. They made up in their mind, we're not going to 
we're not going to be so ignorant to understand that while we work, devil, you come, we got something for you. Come on, I, I'm gonna get. I'm not gonna stop working. I'm not gonna put my tools down and get distracted with the fight. I'm gonna keep on working. But devil, if you get too close to this wall, I've got something. You gotta learn how to work and fight at the same time. You gotta learn how to work and fight at the same time. I feel like telling somebody in the building, if you want the wall repaired. Tonight's your night. Tonight's your night to get on the wall and serve notice to the enemy that I will not be distracted again. I will not come off the wall. God is doing a great work. Somebody right now, throw your hands in the air one more time.
Come on, one more time, lift your hand all over this house. I will be what you've called me to be. I'll say yes. Lord, I be my desire. Woo. Passionately is to be what you call That's what I'll be. Come on, lift those hands. That's what I'll be. Here's to be what you call me to be. That's what I'll be. One more time, let's lift our voice to the Lord in this house. Come on, one more time, let's lift our voice unto the Lord in this place. Come on, that which is broken will be repaired. That which is broken will be made strong. Hey! Whoa! I declare to somebody that your broken place will become your strong place. Glory, glory, glory! Ma, 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 ma.